It's Wednesday, September 20th. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And I'm Juanita Tolliver, and this is What A Day, the daily news podcast with the strictest mandatory dress code in the industry. That is right. We do not allow hard pants in this zone. <laughs> it is soft pants only. You are not getting away with your outside clothes here. Yeah. On today's show, far-right Republicans dealt an embarrassing blow to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy in the fight over federal spending. Plus, we explain why bears are having a moment in the news, and it's not even Fat Bear Week yet. But first, the U.N. General Assembly gathered in New York City yesterday for its 78th session, where, once again, Russia's invasion of Ukraine was top of mind. All right, Priyanka, tell us all about what happened there. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky addressed the body for the second year in a row, framing Russia's aggression in Ukraine as a, quote, genocide, referring to the kidnapping of Ukrainian children and the weaponization of food blockades and energy access. He also warned that Russia's threat is worldwide and wouldn't stop in Ukraine. Take a listen to Zelensky in his own words. Ukraine is doing everything to ensure that after Russian aggression, no one in the world will dare to attack any nation. Weaponization must be restrained. War crimes must be punished. Deported people must come back home and the occupier must return to their own land. Zelensky was not alone in his condemnation of Russia. He was joined by President Biden, who asserted that the United States continues to stand with the people of Ukraine. Yeah, speaking of, what is the latest in terms of U.S. aid for Ukraine? Yes, so Zelensky actually is not just here for this U.N. meeting. He is actually heading to D.C. on Thursday for a trip that was coordinated with the Biden administration. It's part of an effort to drum up more support to ensure more aid for Ukraine. President Biden has asked Congress to approve an additional $24 billion to that end. And while party leaders say that the majority of Congress continues to support helping Ukraine, there's a growing number of Republicans who are ready to cut it off. They are over this conflict. They have the privilege and uh, the luxury of wanting to opt out and feeling like they can. If only all the people of Ukraine and Russia could be so lucky. Because I was like, Putin's not over it. So come on. Right, right. It turns out that in the 18 plus months since this conflict has started, many Americans are actually now feeling the same way. According to a new CNN poll, 55% of Americans say that Congress should not authorize any additional funding to help Ukraine. 45% say that Congress should, and 51% of Americans say that the U.S. has already done enough to help in this situation, while 48% believe that the U.S. should do more. Obviously, the latter, much closer, but those numbers did not look nearly the same six months ago. The additional funding that President Biden wants Congress to approve is part of an emergency spending package because, of course, this also is happening as the Republicans threaten to shut down the government. It is, to put it succinctly, a total mess, but it is expected to be approved. But what follows this, you know, what aid Ukraine receives, how much, if any at all, is all kind of up in the air as of now. Yeah, considering how much of a loser McCarthy is, I think we're in for a big L on this. Um, Not looking forward to the hot mess, as you so aptly put it, Priyanka, that's happening with Republicans in the House. You and I both. Meanwhile, Uptown, a New York City daycare owner, is now facing federal charges after four children fell ill and one child later died after they were exposed to opioids while in her care. 
Now, investigators are alleging that the drugs were stored on top of children's play mats, the same mats where the children took naps. The children who suffered from acute opioid intoxication included an eight-month-old, a one-year-old, and a two-year-old. And the toddler who passed away last Friday was one-year-old Nicolas Dominici. This is beyond tragic. And knowing how deadly fentanyl is for adults, I can't imagine the heartbreak that these families must be feeling right now, especially Nicholas's family. Tragic, heartbreaking, and also completely outrageous. I mean, you're right. saying that these really serious drugs were being stored on top of the same places that little kids, I mean, basically babies mm -hmm. are playing. Like, for what reason? That is just so beyond me. But what charges have been filed against this daycare owner so far? What's going on? So far, the daycare owner, Gray Mendez, and a family acquaintance who was residing at the Bronx home daycare, Carlisto Brito, were both charged with conspiracy to distribute narcotics resulting in death and possession with intent to distribute narcotics resulting in death in the Southern District of New York. An attorney for Mendez told NBC News that she had no idea there were drugs in the building, and she called 911 when she saw something was wrong with the kids. But this is where the plot thickens, because the Drug Enforcement Agency noted in the complaint that a kilo of fentanyl was found in a hallway closet at the daycare, and 911 was not, in fact, the first call Mendez made when she realized something was wrong with the babies. Okay, um, that does not look good to absolutely anybody. So who did Mendez call first, if not 911? And what else have investigators found? According to the complaint that was unsealed yesterday, Mendez made three calls before calling 911. First to another daycare employee, then to her husband twice. After the calls, court documents revealed that Mendez deleted more than 20,000 encrypted messages from conversations with her husband. Of course, because nothing is ever actually encrypted, investigators were able to review the messages and Mendez essentially told her husband that the police were asking her questions and to hire an attorney. Oh my God. Okay. Clearly has never watched an episode of Law and Order. The phones, you're being watched. Always. You, you gotta know that if you are finding yourself wrapped up in a crime, that's the first place they're gonna go. So what are you doing? This is just wild. In addition to the phones, surveillance cameras also captured her husband arriving at the daycare and leaving through a back alley with multiple bags before first responders arrived on the scene. It's unclear what was in the bags, but investigators believe he was taking materials from the scene. Interestingly enough, Mendez's husband left behind three kilo presses in the home daycare, including one in Brito's bedroom. A kilo press is like a device used to press drugs and powders into brick shapes. And yeah, the DEA found all of that. Unfortunately, childcare inspectors didn't find any of this during a surprise inspection earlier this month, though the New York City Health Commissioner noted, quote, one of the things my child care inspectors are not trained to do is look for fentanyl, but maybe we need to start. And what do we know about Mendez's husband's whereabouts as of now? Oh, we do not know. And Damian Williams, the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, said at a news conference yesterday that authorities are still searching for Mendez's husband and that, quote, those drugs came from somewhere. We're going to make sure we get it all the way back to the source. And the commitment here is clear as prosecutors across the country are more frequently charging adults for exposing children to fentanyl and other drugs. And these cases have been on the rise since the onset of the pandemic. We'll keep following this very wild and heartbreaking story and bringing you updates, but that's the latest for now. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. 
With less than two weeks to go before we reach a potential government shutdown, House Republicans failed to advance their own party's defense spending bill yesterday. That came after five hardline Republicans voted against the measure in a close procedural vote. They joined House Democrats to oppose the bill, which included several rider clauses that would limit abortion access, transgender medical treatment, and diversity and inclusion programs. But the GOP defectors didn't have some life-altering experience at Burning Man. They aren't suddenly uh, great people. They voted against it to demand steeper spending cuts. Mm. Following the vote, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy told reporters, quote, look, the one thing you're going to learn about me, I like a challenge. I don't like this big challenge, but we are just going to keep doing it until we can make it. Spoken like a true loser. (laughs) You don't have to give a comment to every single person who asks. You can just keep your mouth shut and keep it moving. It's fine. Anyways, on top of all of this, House Republicans have still not been able to come to an agreement on a short-term funding measure that would temporarily keep the government afloat past the September 30th deadline. Congress has until that date to get a bill on President Biden's desk to be signed into law. It's looking bleak. I'm not holding my breath for these people. Azerbaijan launched what its defense officials call quote-unquote anti-terrorist activities in the contested Nagorno-Karabakh region yesterday. The region is a mountainous, disputed territory that is internationally recognized as part of Azerbaijan, but is home to a mostly ethnic Armenian population who has resisted Azerbaijani rule for more than a century. Armenian state news reported that at least five people were killed and 80 others were injured by artillery, missile, and drone strikes. Most of the area's target are also where Russian peacekeepers have been stationed since 2020 as part of a ceasefire deal to end the 44-day war between Azerbaijan and Armenia. Both countries were part of the former Soviet Union, and in the three decades since its collapse, there have been two wars between them. And this recent escalation is raising concern that a third conflict is not far off. Now on to some happier for us news. Rudy Giuliani's financial woes. Always fun for us here at WAD. Mm. A former lawyer for Giuliani, who was also one of his longtime friends, apparently at one point, sued America's mayor this week for failing to pay up $1.36 million in legal fees. The complaint was filed by his attorney and perhaps ex-friend Robert J. Costello and his law firm alleging that Rudy has only paid a fraction of what he owes for legal services provided from 2019 through July of this year. That includes the unenviable task of representing Giuliani in multiple cases against him, including his alleged involvement in Donald Trump's attempt to overturn the 2020 election. According to the New York Times, this also comes as Giuliani owes nearly $3 million to Costello and other law firms. Let's not forget that he was spotted at a bail bond agency in Atlanta after he and 18 others, including Trump, were indicted in the Georgia election interference case. So legal fees here are racking up and the IOUs are not gonna cut it. And if you need more proof that bears are assimilating into society, they're doing two of the most American things you can think of, eating Krispy Kreme donuts and going to Disney World. Two bears on an Alaska military base were recently caught on camera raiding a Krispy Kreme donut van while it was parked during a delivery run outside of a convenience store. The bears munched on donut holes and pastries, tuning out the silly humans who banged on the van to shoo them away. Separately on Monday, a black bear was spotted in a tree near the Big Thunder Mountain Railroad ride at Disney World. 
The theme park said wildlife officials were able to safely capture and transport the bear, but as goofy as these sightings sound, it's important to remember that these and other animals are facing a lot of pressure due to human-driven habitat loss and climate change, so let's cut them some slack. But do not give them a donut. I repeat, do not give them a donut, people, please. Yeah, I have some questions here. I understand the urge to go to Disney World, the happiest place on <laughs> Earth. So, like, of course, this little bear wanted to go. Much respect. The Krispy Kreme situation, though, what are they doing? banging on the van to try to get them to go. That's their van now. If there are bears inside my van eating the donuts, those are their donuts. That is their van. Leave them alone. And those are the headlines. We'll be back after some ads for an in-depth discussion about Lauren Boebert's love for the arts. What a Day is brought to you by Viore. Viore Performance Apparel makes the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift. Everything is designed to work out in, but it doesn't look or feel like it. And they're incredibly comfortable and cute and just the perfect thing to wear when I'm working from home or out and about, mostly at home because I'm not out and about. Yeah, yeah. I will say I did not know clothes could be, this is, I'm being dead honest. I did not know clothes could be as comfortable as they are before I had Viore. Yes. Clothes can be so comfortable. Nobody told me. Smooth like butter, soft. So good. On the skin. I I just love living in Viore. Viore is offering What A Day listeners 20% off your first purchase when you go to viore.com slash wad. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash wad. And enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. What a Day is brought to you by Monarch Money. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it easy to help you reach your financial goals. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, your investments, transactions, and more all in one place. You can create custom budgets, track your progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. really just makes it easy. After trying out Monarch for yourself, you'll understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash wad. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash wad for your extended 30-day free trial. What a day is brought to you by Ramp. We are all looking for ways to simplify our finances. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that true? Lord, <laughs> tax week, man. That is why there's Ramp. Ramp is a corporate card and spend management software designed to help you save time and put money back in your pocket. Two things we love to do. Love that. With Ramp, you are able to issue cards to every employee with limits and restrictions and automate expense reporting so you can stop wasting time at the end of every month. Wow. This is huge. Yeah. Ramp is super easy to use. Get started and start making payments in less than 15 minutes. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash wad, ramp.com slash wad, R-A-M-P dot com slash wad. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank, members FDIC, terms and conditions apply. It is Wednesday, Wad Squad, and for today's temp check, we are covering a story that just keeps on giving. Beetlejuice Gate. That is, of course, the seemingly never-ending saga of Colorado Representative Lauren Boebert, who was 86 from a performance of Beetlejuice, the musical, in Denver. We told you about this last week and that she and an unnamed guest of hers were escorted out for being a nuisance during the show. Multiple people complained that the pair was just straight-up annoying, being loud, vaping. Boebert initially denied all of it, 
But new surveillance footage released over the weekend shows otherwise. Yeah, I love when a camera's involved. But still, we have several questions that remain unanswered. Who was the guy she was with? And since when has someone like Lauren Boebert been into musical theater? <laughs> to get us up to speed, we asked WAD's resident tea spiller, Raven Yamamoto, to give us the lowdown on all the updates from the past few days. Raven, welcome back, friend. Thank you for having me back. I will say, if you told me that I was going to be on the Boebert beat when I started this job, I might not have <laughs> taken the offer, but we're here. Duty calls. Here we are. We are here. We couldn't be happier to have someone who is so read in to this situation here with us today. So thank you so much. So let us start with the new surveillance video that just dropped. What have we learned here? And will our retinas ever be the same? Oh man, I sure don't think so. But so last (laughs) week when we talked about this on the show, we only had like a little bit of the surveillance footage from the theater, but it was only from the outside. It was just of Miss Lauren and her guests being escorted out of the building. We didn't see what was going down inside. Right. So the theater released more surveillance footage over the weekend where you can clearly see Bobert and her guests doing everything that her campaign initially denied, right? So like singing and laughing super loudly during the performance, snapping photos and videos, some of them with her camera flash on, by the way, like classic boomer move, Mm -hmm. and blowing a fat cloud of vape smoke during the intermission. I can't make this up. You really can't. And in the video, you can even see a pregnant woman in the row behind her tap Bobert on the shoulder, asking her to stop, to which Bobert just seems to shrug off and like not care about. I should also add, Vaping is officially not cool now. Okay, like after seeing (laughs) that clip. (laughs) It's done now. It's done. It's done. Like forget dare, forget just say no. Put that clip in a jewel ad. No one will ever buy one ever again. Never. But the cameras also caught Bober and her quote unquote guest getting how you say frisky uh, in the audience. I think groping is the word most people are using to describe it, but I think that's a little tame for what was actually going on. Um, If you watch it, you can see that they're Definitely in each other's business. Oh, yes, they are. And there were kids. There were kids sitting all around them watching every bit of this. So gross. So gross. On the Lord's Day, no less, Juanita and Priyanka. (laughs) Like, this was a Sunday (laughs) show on the Lord's Day doing this in the theater and in the dress she was wearing as well. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on. All right, so when that extended footage was released, how did (laughs) Bobert respond to all of this? Yeah, um, so she put out this statement apologizing for her behavior because how can you not? Like, we all saw what happened. But it was in a really weird way. So she put out the statement that said, quote, there's no perfect blueprint for going through a public and difficult divorce, which over the past few months has made for a challenging personal time for me and my entire family. I've tried to handle it with strength and grace as best I can, but I simply fell short of my values on Sunday. That's unacceptable, and I'm sorry. So, you know, she's basically saying, I'm in a hoe phase right now after this divorce. I'm really sorry you guys had to see that. But am I sorry that I did it? I don't know. So that's just how I interpreted it. Absolutely not. And here's yeah. the thing. She's a thousand percent allowed to have a hoe phase. Yeah. Plenty of people around the world have a hoe phase. We just don't do it in front of 10 year olds. You know, I'm yeah. so pro hoe phase. Yeah. So we're progressive here. We're so pro that, but not like this. And listen, Lauren, like there's a whole party of people who uh, support you doing whatever you want to do with whoever <laughs> you want to do it with. Imagine. By yourself. Oh with, in your own business. Okay, but let's circle back to the situation at hand here. Who was this man? Clearly, he is not an innocent bystander in the situation. He's an active participant. Some may say a little too active. What do we know about him? 
Yeah, so once we learned that this guy was Boebert's squeeze for the night, we found out that he's not only a registered Democrat, but a registered Democrat who owns a gay-friendly bar in Aspen. When I tell you, I'm screaming. <laughs> what? <laughs> so the guy's name is Quinn Gallagher, and he's the co-owner of the Hooch Craft Cocktail Bar. Great name for a bar, if you ask me. I would absolutely visit that establishment on my next visit. But it's a venue that's known to host drag shows from time to time as well. So regulars weren't super happy to hear that the owner of their favorite bar was on a date with Miss Bobert, given how she feels about drag shows, drag performers, gay people. You know, she's just not a fan. Right. No. So people actually ended up review bombing the bar once they found out about all of this. And my personal favorite review was left from this guy on Facebook who wrote, quote, apparently whatever co-values co-owner Quinn Gallagher claims to possess were thrown out the window when he met trailer trash queen Lauren Bobert. Ooh. Drag her. Drag her for film. Just <laughs> Shakespearean. Yes. Yes. Drag her. Drag him. <laughs> drag everybody. This is just bad. All right. I'm not invested at all, Raven, clearly, but. Oh, yeah. Are these people still together? It's the money that I'm invested. <laughs> <laughs> so they're definitely over. Here's what Bobert told TMZ as a treat Ultimately, all future date nights have been canceled. And um, I learned to check party affiliations uh, before you go on a date. Uh, but all in all, um, you know, it was, uh, it was mostly a lovely time. And, you know, I've taken responsibility for my actions. I'd love to know how the, the musical ended. And I encourage people to go and see it. But, um, yeah, it, it was a great time back in the district seeing voters. Seeing voters. Wait, so the groping would have been more appropriate if it was a Republican? Like, is that the message here? <laughs> she said overall she had a great time. It like, was a great what? night. A lovely time. Visiting voters, guys. Do you ever just visit voters like that? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, blowing vape smoke in a constituent's pregnant face. Like, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever be done personally processing this event. But it really has been a gift, I would say. A gift to me who just was starved for something to uh, live for. So thank you so much to Lauren Boebert and her lovely date for this. Just like that, we have checked our temperatures. Feeling a little queasy, to be honest. <laughs> nauseous. I don't know about Sick. you guys. Yeah. Just a little nauseous, <laughs> yes. <laughs> One more thing before we go. Anxious that your boss might drop a comment when they see your 420 shenanigans or swimsuit selfies on Instagram? Yikes. Oh, my God. I wasn't anxious. Drop them. Until now. <laughs> Tune into this week's episode of Work Appropriate, where host Anne Helen Peterson and social media consultant Rachel Carton discuss where to draw the boundaries when it comes to sharing stuff online. New episodes of Work Appropriate drop every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, support your local theater without being gross, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just reading Rudy Giuliani's list of former friends like me, What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at cricket.com slash subscribe. I'm Juanita Tolliver. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And, and put, put the, the vape, vape down, down Bobert. Bobert. Oh, you horrible, horrible human. <laughs> like, I wonder if she, like, as a PR move, is going to circle back and, like, go with her family to see the play and be like, I actually was invested on seeing the end. It was so good, and I support the arts. If she was going to be fully her authentic self, she'd show up with whoever the new man is and, like, repeat the shenanigans. <laughs> yes, run it back. Just round two date night. <laughs> 
What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Our show's producer is Itzi Quintanilla. Raven Yamamoto and Natalie Bettendorf are our associate producers. And our senior producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka.